0: Just recapping uh, the last couple weeks, there's three times in the Bible during Luke 1 and Luke 2 where an angel appears and starts off with, fear not. To Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, which reminds me of 2nd Timothy chapter 1 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. New King James Version uses the word sound mind. Because you and I have a lot going on. You and I have a lot of things that are happening in our lives that I think we don't realize affect us. So he says, listen, this is not of God that you have this spirit of fear. So when the angel shows up to Mary, to Joseph, and to these shepherds, the first thing, fear not. Do not be afraid is the first thing, because everything that you and I go through, there's an opportunity for fear. There's an opportunity to stop. There's an opportunity to not go. And for Mary specifically, the fear not was, the fear of what God is asking her to do. Let me ask this question. Why are we afraid of God's plans? Why are we afraid of the plans that God has for us? God's interruptions are often inconvenient. Listen to what he says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel. What God calls, what I call interruptions, God calls invitations. God is inviting you and I to this story that we get to be a part of. And in the invitation, there will be interruptions. There will be moments where it's not going how you thought it should go. This was not the plan that you thought was going to happen. But with God's interruptions, there's also an invitation. An invitation to grow. An invitation to go deeper. And this was Mary's story. God's purpose is many times different than our plans. God's purpose is usually... I would say most of the time, different than our plans. Mary had a plan. God had a different one. Sometimes, too, the plans aren't just impossible with human minds, but they're absurd. They're crazy. There's moments where we're going to go, how is this going to work out? There's moments where we're like, God, I don't know what you're doing. Hear me today. God can handle your questions. Your friend might not be able to, but God can. God can handle your questions. And how we respond to the interruptions to God's plan matters. How you and I respond to the interruption in life matters, which is why Mary responded the way she did. Sometimes the outcome Is God's responsibility. My responsibility is obedience. I am not responsible for how this turns out. I am responsible in being obedient, which is why Mary, after wrestling, after doing all that she did, she said, may what you said happen. May as you said it, may it be to me. This is, her, this is her end result. This is a lot of wrestling, you guys. Wrestle. It's okay to wrestle. It's okay to question. It's okay to be confused. It's okay. But in the end, obey. In the end, be obedient. Because it may not look like the best plan, but God's plan is always the best plan. For Joseph, the fear was, not, was this battle between easy and right. What people want, what God wants. This is always our struggle what people want, what God wants, what's easy and what's right. We typically go, if it's easy, it must be Jesus. It's not true. It's not true. This was, this was Joseph's struggle. Mary was pledged, but before they came together, she was pregnant. Joseph, what will people think? What will people think of me? I'm never going to get hired. I'm never going to find an, another person. My reputation is at stake. All of these things he's wrestling with. He believer, does he not believer? Is he noble? Is he righteous? All of these things he struggled with. Pleasing God often means disappointing people. Pleasing God often means disappointing people. For centuries, The Bible says, men and women have been waiting for a savior. What will this cost? Hear this. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Becoming obsessed with what God thinks about you is the quickest way to forget what people think about you. The idea is, what do you focus on? If I'm focused on what you think about me, what your plans are for me, what my parents' plans are for me, all of these things, if that is my constant thought, then I'm never going to consider what God's plan is. If I'm so focused on what God has for me, there's going to be interruptions. There's going to be people that disagree. There's going to be people that say you shouldn't do it. How many people said you two people are crazy? To Mary Joseph, listen. If you're not ready to be criticized for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. Following Jesus and being obedient to Jesus will often be criticized by even the closest of people because it doesn't make sense. So listen, obedience is taking a stand even when The people around you don't understand the stand. Students in this room, there is a cost factor to taking a stand at school. The cost factor for you right now Take it from a 43 year old guy. The cost factor for you right now is ridicule and isolation from the people around you. But I'm telling you, when you get out of high school and you move past and now all of a sudden you're married and have a kids or you're married and and no kids or you're single and no kids, there will be a confidence that will come to you for taking a stand for doing the things that are right versus what the crowd is doing. Taking a stand, being obedient, doing what God has asked you to do will not be popular when you have to make that decision. But I promise you, it will be the most rewarding. It will be the most rewarding. Because at the end of the day, when you lay your head on the pillow, do you want to have a life of regret or do you want to have a life of confidence in doing what God's asked you to do? See, all of us, we're like, oh, I want the confidence. Confidence. I want the confidence. Those who make the biggest difference, this isn't fun. Those who want to make the biggest difference will endure the greatest pain. It will. Everything significant that I've personally ever done for God is always met with resistance. Resistance, especially from the enemy. Extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience, and this is where Joseph was. This is where Joseph was When he obeyed. In the middle of the fear. In the middle of the unknown. In the middle of the questions. When he obeyed. God blessed. Above the opinions of people. Joseph valued the opinion of God. And listen to me. We always give our best. To what we value the most. That's why. It's the most asinine statement for you and I to say that we're busy. We're not busy. We're not busy people. We're people that have our priorities out of whack. Because when your priorities and saying no, your schedule and your plate isn't empty because you've said no to even good things so the right things can happen. Listen, what you value the most is what you're busy doing. Check out this second clip.
1: No. no. He walked through the crowd and the sound and the lights. And his ears heard the thump of their joy and delights. And it took him right back, to his earliest years, to that lost, lonely boy who cried all of those tears. That lost, lonely boy, isolated and sad, with no home of his own, no mom and no dad. And as the Grinch looked around, he felt downright scared as he remembered that Christmas where nobody cared. Where nobody showed. Not even a flea. And there were no cards, no gifts, and no tree. (laughs) And as he watched other kids, one thing became clear. That this was the single worst day of the year. And now here it was that day once again. And he felt all those feelings he felt way back when. When he'd watch who's young and old all sit down to feast. And they'd feast and they'd feast and they'd feast, 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 feast. They'd feast on who pudding and rare who roast beast. Which is something the Grinch could not stand in the least.
0: I apologize. Fifth and sixth graders, you can be dismissed. Sorry, I didn't do that earlier. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Everybody's going to watch you now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Luke 2, verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them and said, Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be, bring great joy to what people? All people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. This is very important for us. For the shepherds, the fear not was who they were. They were outcast. To understand us personally, it's hard for us because we're not around shepherds. But back in this time when Jesus lived, whenever a family would give birth to a child, it was common, if they had financial means at all, to hire a herald, an announcer. And this announcer would describe what had just taken place. Because Especially if you had a male, a son that was born first, and your name was going to get carried on. They would announce that to the people around, usually friends, usually families. And so they would announce this. So for my family, it would look like this. Jake Michael Bridges, coming in at 7 pounds, 12 ounces, with a little bit of jaundice. (laughs) Nice little tan complexion. With a little bit of jaundice, he comes in. Mom is doing great. Dad is not doing so well. I mean, it would have been announced and you would have known whoever you decided, whoever you hired, you've told them, Harold, I need you to go to this family and I need you to go to these friends. I need you to go to my church and I need you to announce what had happened in our family. It's very important. So the angel showing up. And saying what they said was not uncommon. This was not an uncommon thing. Who they showed up to was what was uncommon. Oh. See, so you would think when the Savior of the world was born, that he would show up and he would go to royalty or he would go to the king or he would at least go to the priests or the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and they would announce there. But that's not how God announced that the Savior had been born. He went to a group of outcasts, a group of people that most people who had means of hiring a shepherd, they would give it to their last born son. Because it wasn't very popular. It was the job of 10 year olds to be the shepherd. And we have to hear this. It's not so that it was announced. It was that who it was announced to is why we celebrate. See, because this is the hope for you and me. The hope for you and me is that God found it fitting to take the least of the least in culture. To take the least of the least from a culture standpoint and say, you are so special that we are making this announcement to you. That I deem you important Enough that my announcement and the decision that I get to make to decide on who the Savior of the world is going to be announced to first. I choose shepherds. I choose the outcast. I choose those that feel so like they don't belong. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you just feel like you don't fit in? What about this? Have you ever felt your whole life like you just don't fit in? Because for the life of a shepherd, it wasn't a day thing. It was a lifestyle thing. See, for a shepherd, it was a 24-hour, 7-days-a-week thing. So for them, this was an all-the-time thing. And most of the time, they were gone for weeks and months away from family, doing the shepherding thing, doing all these things. And because of that, they didn't keep the Sabbath. And because they didn't keep the Sabbath, they didn't keep the law. And because they didn't keep the law, they weren't deemed worthy. So now every time someone saw a shepherd, they would yell, unclean! Which meant, don't be around the guy who hangs out with sheep. They weren't just outcasts. They were men that were never allowed to do what everybody else was allowed to do. They were unworthy. Unworthy by standards of culture. Have you ever felt unworthy? Have you ever felt like you just don't belong? Have you ever felt like you never measured up? Like the standard that was been placed upon you just was never enough? See, Jesus chose to make this announcement to those that were unworthy. To those that this is how bad it was. This is how untrustworthy they were. Most shepherds were thieves. So even if you were a shepherd but not a thief, they thought you were a thief. Because you are guilty by association, which you and I need to be clear on, we're always guilty by association. Who you hang out with is literally who you become. We know that, right? So, literally, these guys, even if they weren't thieves, they were known as thieves so much to the law standard that if you were a witness, your testimony was never allowed in court because you were a shepherd. Because you were a shepherd, you were not allowed to to even come in court. And if you did come in court, you were not allowed to say anything because nobody would believe it. This is how unworthy they were. They also weren't just unworthy, they were inadequate. They were uneducated. They were not the smartest guys. Spiritually, when they compared themselves to others, they felt very inadequate. Again, they felt inadequate because when we compare our lives to others, we're always going to feel inadequate. If we're constantly in comparison of what she does and what he does, what he has, what she has, if we constantly are in comparison with all of these things, we will always feel inadequate because there will always be someone that has less and there will always be someone that has more. And because of that, when you and I feel inadequate, we do crazy things. You might see it as depressed, insecure, but ultimately, when you're inadequate, you just don't like you. You don't like who you are. You don't like what you represent. You don't like to look in the mirror. And because of that, the Bible is real clear that when you are inadequate, there's no way that you can love other people if you do not first love yourself. And these men knew that they could not measure up, knew that they could not, by standards of culture, measure up with what the standard was. And because of that, they felt inadequate. Not just inadequate, not just unworthy, but unloved. Unloved. Not loved by the people around them. And this is probably the most dangerous When you ask things like, what's wrong with me? Why did this happen to me? Who is punishing me? When you feel unloved, when you feel unworthy, when you feel inadequate, there's no way you can obey the things that God is asking you to do. And yet the Bible says that when God Almighty sent a plan into motion and he had the opportunity to announce it to anyone, this is who he came to. Because he knew that there would be a moment in history you would feel unworthy. He knew that there would be a moment in history where you would feel inadequate. He knew that there would be a moment on December the 15th, 2019, that you would feel unloved. And he says, watch this. See, The announcement wasn't just for the shepherds. The announcement is to give you and I hope today that despite how we feel, that God still loves us. That despite where I've been and what has happened to me, that the plan that is set in motion is still in motion. That God's not done with me yet that there is a hope. Imagine these men sitting out, expecting, hearing about, waiting for hundreds of years for a savior to be born. And in this moment, an angel shows up and says, don't be afraid. And then he uses this word, a savior has been born for all people. And now they're in the fields. They're going, wait a second, wait a second. We know there's an announcement that would be made. We've heard about the announcements. But why in the world are you making the announcement to us? Men who had no right to even go into town and to give a testimony. No one's going to believe you. No one's going to care. In fact, you're going to go into town and they're going to yell unclean. Imagine what that does to your confidence. That you walk into a room... And someone yells, disgusting, ugly. Starts yelling all the things that you already think about yourself. And they start yelling it. Imagine every single day wearing a t-shirt that says your emotion. Right? Unloved, unworthy, inadequate. This was these guys' lives. And yet the Bible says that when God put a plan in motion, the plan that he put was to use these And you and I have no excuse as to why God would choose us. This is where I go. I go to Romans chapter 3, which is probably, of all of the chapters in Romans, probably my favorite. Verse 20 says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes this is the best part, no matter who they are. This is the good news. He said, I give you good news. This is the good news. The good news is no matter who you are, if you believe in Jesus Christ, he says you are made right with God because of that belief. No matter what family life was like, no matter how you were raised, no matter what sin you've committed, no matter what you brought in today, and we bring a lot. We bring a lot. No matter what you brought in today, he said you can be made right by placing your faith. And this is what's crazy. The, the, the prophets or the, the Pharisee, the religious leaders, you know what they had to do? They had to keep every 613 laws they tried to keep. And the shepherds are like, <laughs> this is impossible. We can't keep the Sabbath. And because we can't keep the Sabbath because of our jobs, there's no way that we could keep the law. And God says, listen, I'll accept you despite being able to keep the law. So then he he reduces it to 10. He says, listen, there's 10 rules, 10 commandments. Jesus comes and goes, I'm going to reduce it to two. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you keep these two. They're above all other laws. What's he saying? He's saying, when you love God and you put all of your faith in God, you become a person that now loves other people. The shepherds, they're like, there's no way we can keep the law. Then he says, but this is why the law was written. Why was the law written? So that you and I could see that we need a savior. Why are speed limit signs posted? To show you that you stink at driving. And guess what you did? Probably on the way to church, you broke the law. Oh, I just went five over in the cops. A lot. No, you broke it. You know why? Cuz it's impossible for us to keep the law. The purpose of the law is to show us we need a savior. Like it's to show us that you and I that we're sinners. This is the good news. The good news is that you and I until we come to this understanding that we're lost and that we need a savior, we'll never find the savior. This is the purpose of the law. And then he says, Christ plus nothing is relationship. See, when Jesus' plan was put into motion, he didn't send religion, he sent his son. Because religion says do. Jesus said done. See, you want to know if you're being religious? Stop keeping up with the religious Joneses. I got to constantly, I got to be at church. I got to get there because I got to be there. Am I telling you to skip church? No, I'm telling you to give yourself some grace that you can't do it all. Jesus said, the price that had to be paid is not your price tag, it's his. So Jesus comes and says, listen, I paid the price. So it's not Christ plus membership or Christ plus attendance or Christ plus giving that equals salvation. It's Christ plus nothing that equals. Jesus' hope and plan of salvation was in a relationship. He came to demolish, demolish religion so that you and I could have a relationship. This is Romans 3. We are made right with God by showing up for church. We are made right by God by joining a life group. <laughs> we are made right by God by giving all of our money. We are made right with God by doing every religious activity. No! No! By putting our faith in Christ Jesus and trusting his plan and being obedient to what he's doing. And this is true for everyone who believes. For the shepherd, in the very beginning, he's not doing something new, he's doing what he's always done. We just have never seen it. He's doing what he's always done. He came to the unworthy, the inadequate, and the unloved, and he still does it today. He still shows up today for you that feel unworthy, for you that feel inadequate, and for you that feel unloved. He says, listen, for all of you who believe, you're the one I showed up for. And if I gotta go into the middle of a field and make an announcement for you to believe, I will do it. I will send an angel your righteousness is not based on how good you are. Because if I said, how many of you guys are good people? You're going to be like, yeah, I feel like I'm genuinely good. What are you doing? You're comparing yourself to someone who's bad. I mean, I'm definitely good in comparison with her. I'm definitely good in comparison. Listen, our standard isn't one to another. My standard is how good am I compared to God? And we all fail. We all fail. So now we're all in the same boat. It doesn't matter if you're better than I am. Your standard to God doesn't measure up. Doesn't measure up. We're all bad. We're all bad and we're all in need of a savior. Every single one of us. So you know how I I view things differently now? Now when you walk in and you might be the worst of the worst. It doesn't matter. I'm in the same boat as you are. Until I place my faith in Christ, it doesn't matter who you are. But you know what else it does? When someone walks in and they might seem inadequate and they might see on a lower standard than you are, now you can view them differently because you used to be there. You used to be there. So now it's not me looking and comparing my sin to your sin because God says, listen, it's all sin. So my standard to his righteousness, we all fail. We all fail. And it's in this moment that I either run the other way or I run to the cross. Those are my two choices. My two choices are, wow, I am in need of a Savior. I am in need of a Savior. And until you come to that point, I often thought, and there's so many scenes I'm going to see when I get to heaven, which we'll talk about that at some point this year, heaven. Like, what will we see there? There's so many scenes I'm going to ask to reenact. Like, can I see that? Like, could you rewind that a little bit? I want to see the shepherd's reaction we do a little game like what if they wouldn't have gone into town like could we do that because I always wonder like what if they showed up and they got I mean that was cool but I'm good in my opinion what what did they miss out on what did they miss out on see when the shepherds showed up they didn't change what happened they confirmed what happened see when the shepherds showed up it wasn't like they said, hey, a savior was born, and now a savior was born. They showed up and told what had happened. So when they showed up, they confirmed what the angel had already said to Mary and to Joseph. And this is why at your nativity scene at your house, you can have shepherds. Not wise. Shepherd. Why? Why? They confirmed that the Savior had been born. They believed the Savior had been the inadequate, the unworthy, and the unloved. I I read this yesterday. And it made a lot of sense to me. It says you were never meant to stand on the strength of our love for God. We were meant to stand on the strength of his love for us. See, some of us, We're trying to stand on the strength of this love that we have for God. That was never the point. The point was, I stand in strength on his love for us. Because my love to him will fail. His love to me will never fail. Never fail. He came at just the right time to the unworthy, to the inadequate, to the unloved, for all people savior has been born savior has been born his name is christ jesus and he came to save people from their sins and you and i can live different because of what jesus has done it's a relationship not religion amen would you stand with me this morning god thank you If you're in this room today, and maybe you're here and you say, you know what? A situation has happened in my life. I just feel unworthy. Maybe you're in this place, and I don't know how you were raised, but you just, you feel unloved today. Maybe you're juggling so many things, and because of that juggling, and a job, and mom, dad, and and a school and all these things you're feeling inadequate right now Jesus came to you today and said today city of Bethlehem Savior has been born the good news is that you can be made right by putting your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ today so maybe you haven't prayed that situation. God, I pray right now. God, I pray that there's a realization that your reckless love, your perfect love is for every single person in this room. And God, we decide today, we decide today, we're giving you our lives. We're giving you our situations. In fact, if you're in this room and you just you have a situation, I'm not going to get very specific on that situation. You just have a situation, and how do I know if I have a situation? If you thought about that situation during the last 25 minutes, you've got a situation. You got a situation. Can you just lift up a hand right now? This is you just acknowledging. This is you just saying, "Yep, that's me. I feel inadequate. I feel unworthy. I feel unloved today. I'm just. I'm not feeling it. I'm numb." Life has me going kind of crazy. Just lift a hand right now. This is you just being honest. Listen, there's... You have to decide. God, thank you that the standard in which we can live is is your righteousness. We are made right because we put our faith in you. God, every hand that's lifted, God, we just, we give you the situation. We give you whatever's happening in our mind, whatever battle is raging, whatever chaos looks like in our lives. God, we give it to you. And God, we are so grateful that you show up. You show up to the shepherd. You show up to the outcast. God, you show up to the grinch. Despite how we've been raised, despite what's happened to us, we are loved by you. God, every hand, every life. God, I pray today that they know they matter and that they are loved in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we sing this song together?
1: I count on one thing. I count on